Hey there, we are Rob and Joanna Teigen. Welcome back to the Growing Home Together podcast. We've been married for over 30 years and we've parented our five kids through all the ages and stages. We're excited to share our passion for caring for the soul of your family with you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us for the Growing Home Together podcast. Um, Now I have to be honest with you today. This month is just giving me all the excuses to lay awake and worry about my kids. I have one who's heading into middle school, and it's just so easy to spiral into worry about his friend group and how he's going to manage academically and what kinds of influence might drag him down this year. And then we have a daughter who's moving away to college for the first time. And as her mom, I'm wondering, you know, is she going to be homesick? Is she going to freeze up there? I mean, where she's going to school, they get 200 inches of snow every winter. It's crazy. And I wonder if she's going to be happy and safe as she takes this huge step of independence. I think that all of us would agree that parenthood brings one worry after another for the well-being of our kids. But, you know, how do we tell when our worry is something more? How can we recognize if we have an actual mental health issue with anxiety? And if we do, how do we cope as moms and dads? And what does it mean to our faith in God? To help us answer these questions, I am so grateful to welcome Courtney Devich to the podcast today. Courtney is a former human resources professional who's using her leadership skills to manage her two kids as a stay-at-home mom. And Courtney has authored a new book, It's called Mama's Got Anxiety, But It's Not Going to Steal Her Joy. This book shares her story and so much insight to encourage moms who struggle with anxiety or depression. Thank you, Courtney, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, we actually three kids now, actually. Oh, oh, that's right. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes, three kids. Oh, my goodness. So you're writing and you've got a little one. You are amazing. Yes, yes. He's three months old right now. Oh, that's so good. definitely right in the thick of it. So if I start rambling, it's because I'm sleep deprived. Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) You have a full pass. Uh, Yeah. Well, hey, we were hoping that you could share a little more about yourself and what motivated you to write your book. Yeah. So as you said, I'm a stay-at-home mom right now, and I actually became a stay-at-home mom uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. I could not imagine putting my two little ones in daycare during all that. And of course, at the time, I just thought, oh, I'll just take the the summer off and all of this will blow over by October and I'll go back to work in October. And here we are now, three and a half years later, almost four years later now. So I'm a stay-at-home mom and my anxiety, uh, geez, I've had anxiety my entire life. Um, My childhood, looking back at it, I could see it was very prevalent back then. But I'd say that it really heightened when I became a mom. My, My oldest son was born at 36 weeks. So he was late preterm is what they what they called him but um he avoided the NICU thankfully but he still had a lot of all the other issues that uh, NICU babies have as far as just um, nursing and gaining his weight back and he had dropped to five pounds even and just all of those things um just also with the birth experience itself, I, yeah, my water had broke spontaneously at 36 weeks. I had preeclampsia. So blood pressure was through the roof. Um, all of those things that, you know, they don't really prepare you for when you go through birth classes or talk you hear about motherhood. And it just really heightened my anxiety. Um, as far as, you know, is he gaining enough weight? Is he, 
healthy? Is he breathing? Like all of those things that I think a lot of are normal to a certain extent for a lot of new moms, especially first time mothers, but it just has gotten worse and worse. And especially with every kid, <laughs> my daughter then was just kind of another crazy birth experience with her spent a week in the, in the pediatrics unit with her. Cause she, she wasn't doing the whole suck, swallow, breathing and would just choke and gag on everything. So uh, motherhood has definitely heightened it. And as you were just saying in your intro there, like just a lot of other things, like I've, I've got a, um, my oldest is starting kindergarten in two weeks and I've got the middle uh, child starting preschool. And then I've got this baby and it's just a lot going on right now in the season of life along with a book <laughs> that I'm launching into the world. Um, so I'd say motherhood has, has taken that anxiety and it's just kind of shot through the roof. And what really motivated me to writing the book was the idea of that it was taking my joy out of my motherhood. I had become a stay-at-home mom and I wasn't able to enjoy it. It was in the thick of the pandemic, wasn't able to go outside or do all the things that you normally do as a stay-at-home mom, like library events and going to the zoo and and so I, I became very crippled by the fear of the pandemic as well. And I was not able to leave my house for a year. Um, and even like after that was very like little trips here and there, wearing the mask and all of the things. So I, I it was stealing my joy from my motherhood experience. Um, and I really, I started writing the book during lockdown um, and it was my journey through anxiety, this debilitating anxiety and getting me out into the world again and, and journeying back to joy was really the motivation for the book. And I went alongside the the readers and I came on the other side of it with them here. Well, eventually they are going to as well, but I did it as I was writing the book, which is, you know, I think a lot of authors go through something and then they write about it. But for me, it was, it was my healing process too. I love that. And I do love how your book is just very honest and real. And I know even when I first got to know you through your socials is just having someone who's walked it and who gets it and can just reassure you, like you are not the only one. So yeah, yeah you're offering a really significant gift to your readers. And you're making me think too about when uh, we had our third baby, we have five kids, but after our third baby, kind of this latent anxiety that I had struggled with really ratcheted up. I just had this huge sense of overwhelm. And, you know, when you mm -hmm. have your third, I don't know if it's this way for you, it's the first time you're outnumbered, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very outnumbered. <laughs> yes. And I just wasn't sure that I could handle it. And back then, Rob was also traveling a lot for his job. So I was parenting on my own a good bit of the time. And it was just quite a few months in after our little one was born that the stress had been building and building. And I just had this massive panic attack in the middle of the night. And that's when I realized I was maybe dealing with something more significant than I thought. And it was clear that I needed to get some help. But I wish that I had had someone like you to help me understand the difference between, you know, that normal worry of motherhood versus an anxiety disorder. So could you give mm -hmm. us some insight about that? I'd say normal motherhood worry would be, you know, is the swaddle, right? Am I doing this okay? Like, is this the right decision? 
an anxiety disorder, then would be taking that even further and sitting there and obsessing about all the what ifs if you make the wrong decision um, and, you know, stringing it out for days where you're just obsessively thinking about it over and over again or checking on the baby to make sure that swaddle is tight and not being able to sleep. It's this persistent worry. It's not just like just a little bit of everyday normal worry, but it's persistent to the point where it is affecting your everyday life, not being able to take your kids places because you've got like a fear of crowds or germs. SIDS, you know, we, we kind of hear about that when you've got like a newborn and everything, but it's like, okay, no, I'm going to sleep with my baby in my arms to make sure that they're breathing the entire night. And I'm going to sit there and watch them all night long. Um, It's just kind of that impending doom panic that's just setting in and it's not letting up and it's persistent, uh, whether it's fear, worry, overthinking, obsessing over what ifs. Um, I would say that would be where you're taking it from just kind of like a little bit of the normal motherhood worries. Cause you know, we all worry. It's a little bit in our DNA here because God's entrusted us with these little tiny humans and they, you know, didn't come with a manual or anything besides the word of God, of course. Um, so that's when I would say it's just kind of taking that little bit normal worry and you're, you're amplifying it when it's, when it's affecting your everyday life and it's, it's stealing your joy from you as well. Right. That makes sense. I I remember for me, I just became the queen of the worst case scenario. You know, (laughs) my imagination could just run wild. (laughs) Yeah. And so you couldn't think of reasonable outcomes. Everything was going to just be the end of the world. You know, you can't can't rationalize that once your anxiety tells you that, oh, no, that's a that's a threat or that's going to happen. You start believing that it's going to happen. And it is really hard to to talk back to your anxiety and rationalize it for yourself. For yeah, sure. absolutely. And I remember too, when my anxiety had grown so severe, it was affecting the way I related to everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a whole personality change. I was really serious and I was down a lot and I was so irritable <laughs> and trying yes. to micromanage everybody all the time. Yes. It, it, I was making everybody nuts. So how would you say that anxiety affects us in the way that we relate to our kids and the way that we relate to our husbands too? Yeah. I, I like that you, you know, said that you were just like really serious all the time. Like there's no fun in here. Like you could die. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you want to pr- project that onto your children in a sense, but it is kind of like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that because this could happen or that could happen. Um, so it is, you know, it is a little bit different dynamic and having to kind of just take a breath, relax and remind yourself they're just children. They're going to have some fun. Like let him try and climb on the monkey bars. If he falls, he's not going to die. He might break a bone, but it's, it's okay. So yeah, trying to just kind of keep yourself a little bit composed in those, those situations. And uh, that's where my husband and I kind of have to just talk to each other and be like, Nope, this is okay. Just take a breath. It's all right. If they do this, they're children. Um, but the irritableness I am, self-proclaimed, like I have the snappy mom. Um, I've really, really been struggling a lot with that um, right now, specifically after the birth of the third, just um, feeling completely stretched. I've got kids that are impatient asking me for things and, and putting demands on me. And I 
and just feel my anxiety heighten as I'm like getting overwhelmed and overstimulated by all of it. And then it causes me to snap and, and yell at my kids. And then there, you know, becomes the mom guilt and if I'm a horrible mother. I, you know, talk to my kids and or yelled at my kids just because they, you know, needed help wiping their butts when they went potty or something so silly and simple as that. So um, it definitely can affect our relationships with our children, with our spouses. Um, just this last week, actually, I started this sort of new technique that was a, a suggestion from my therapist of kind of telling my kids like a code word of like, okay, mommy is starting to get a little bit up here as far as her, you know, anxiety or her emotions or her anger. And I'm going to say this word. And that means that mommy just needs a moment. She needs you to just be patient, take a step back, give her a little bit of breathing room so that mommy doesn't snap or yell at you. So my code word is peaches. It was just a random word that came to my head. So I've I had to use it, I think three times so far and it has worked so far um, of just being like, okay, nope, peaches. Mommy needs a moment, peaches. <laughs> and they just kind of, okay, let's, mommy needs a breather. And, and we really talk a lot. My kids are young. So, you know, this kind of is a lot different if you're in a different season of motherhood, because my oldest is five, middle is three, and then the smallest is three months. Um, so we've, we talk a lot about emotions and reading lots of different books about emotions. And I've, you know, wanted to make it very clear that my kids are able to, you know, learn how to recognize their emotions as well as communicate their emotions. So um, the same goes for, for mommy as well. So mommy gets emotional. Mommy has a feelings friend, which is my, my therapist and just kind of having those open conversations as a family so that my kids also know that anxiety is okay. Depression is okay. These things are, you know, things that can happen, but they're normal, you know, going to um, a therapist or seeking medication for it is just normal, just like it would be, you know, going to the dentist or the pediatrician is really the, how I'm trying to break the stigma with my children here in my own home. Yeah, I love that. And um, that was something I wanted to talk to you about, because what I'm hearing you say is, yes, as moms, we're all in on meeting the needs of our kids, but we forget that we have needs too. And I know for me, yes. when I was just, you know, escalating in my anxiety, it never occurred to me that I needed help and that I needed support. All I could think about was how I was letting my family down. And it took my husband, Rob, that night that I had that epic panic attack to turn over and just be like, hey, hey, <laughs> you're not okay. Yeah. I think it's really time for you to get some help. And I needed his ability to be outside my situation to help me see that too. And I'm so grateful that he did. That was, that was a pivot point for us for sure. Uh, what do you think are barriers for moms that keep them from having that compassion for themselves and to reach out for the help that they need? I think it's, it's that just, we have to be all the things for all the people, as you said, like we, we're supposed to take care of them. It's not supposed to be us who need being taken care of. They, they rely on us. They need us for everything. And I think we just feel like we have to be strong and carry the weight of all of it or, you know, especially if it's, if it's postpartum and, you know, postpartum anxiety or depression, we think like, oh, this is just, I'm sleep deprived or I just, I'm hormonal and I, my hormones need to level out or something like that. But I think that we are the biggest ones that just keep ourselves 
hold ourselves back from getting help that we need just because we feel like we're supposed to carry it all and, and handle it all and just be okay and be strong for everybody else. Sometimes this doesn't, this hasn't been the case for me. Um, I have a very supportive husband and very understanding husband. Um, but I have gotten messages from, from moms that are like, what do you do if your, your husband or your partner doesn't understand, and, you know, they're not supportive of it. You know, they get told things like you just need to, to get over it or it's just all in your mind or your head. Um, just move on from it. So it can be um, a little a little tricky in that situation. And I always just kind of reach out to the mom and just kind of tell her like, hey, here are some resources and um, some books that maybe would help your, your husband or your partner just to learn a little bit more about mental health conditions as you know, a, a flaw in our brains and like the, the chemical imbalance that can occur or the different symptoms that can happen as a result or the different treatments that are available. Um, because I think so many people, husbands included, just, you know, think that, you know, it, it's just a spiritual issue and it's not a real mental health disorder that can be treated medically or through, through therapy. So it's, it can be a little, a little tricky with that, but just have to continue to try and educate everybody, even the people that, you know, we share a home with. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And, and you touched on something that I, I was really looking forward to unpacking with you today. And that is the message that we can be told, especially in the faith community, that struggling with anxiety can mean that you're a failure as a Christian. Uh, Oh, my goodness. I mean, not like we're not bad enough at our own self-talk and mom guilt as it is, but when that's heaped on from the outside, it just (laughs) is really difficult. So what is your response to people who would say that that struggling with anxiety or depression is a sin issue. Well, is it a sin issue if you have diabetes or cancer? Um, <laughs> it would be like kind of the first thought here is that, you know, if it's something that is wrong structurally or hormonally or chemically in your brain, and it's something that is, you know, within our bodies, yes, we cannot see it. Um, I think that a lot of times that's why people just assume that it's a a spiritual issue or it's an issue with sin is because, you know, they can't look at us and see like, oh, she's got an anxiety disorder. Um, But if it is something that we struggle with in our brains and it is, you know, classified as an anxiety disorder, then it's, it's not, it's not because of a lack of faith. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, it's not, we don't point the finger to people that say, you know, if they have cancer or diabetes, like, oh, you must not believe enough. You're not praying hard enough. Um, so we shouldn't do the same thing with, with mental illness. Um, I think that a lot of times people assume obviously way too quickly that, oh, if you deal with fear, that means that you don't trust God or you don't have enough faith. Well, you don't know what somebody's faith journey looks like or what their relationship with God looks like either. So for me personally, my, my faith is stronger in God because of my anxiety. My anxiety is one of the ways that he brings me in closer to him because when I'm anxious, I pray. 
when I'm fearful, I'm looking, I'm opening up my Bible and I'm looking at all the hundreds of ways that God tells me not to be afraid. Um, I'm, you know, if I've got a racing mind or feel like I got an anxiety attack coming on, I'm turning on some worship music. So for me, my anxiety is what draws me closer to God, not away from him or any sort of separation. I love in John nine, in the beginning of that, where we see Jesus' disciples asking him, you know, why is, why is this blind man over here? blind basically you know did he sin or was it his parents why is he blind and jesus tells him like no he he did not sin he's blind because the um, works of god is being displayed through him so that's the way i see my anxiety here is it's not a sin issue it's not a lack of faith or um, lack of praying the prayers it's god's going to use this and he is using it right here with this book and and doing you know this interview with you right now he's using it um, to to spread the message of the comfort and strength that God can offer us in our anxiety, how our anxiety is not a sign of lack of faith, that we can wholeheartedly trust him in our soul and spirit. But that brain, that brain's just going to be anxious. Um, and sometimes the flesh is weak and the spirit's willing, but we, we definitely, I think that he is using my anxiety to to bring the, the glory and display the work of God to everybody else by spreading this message. So that's just a few of the hundreds of ways that I have tried to like, you know, combat that, that, that question. Cause I do get that a lot and it's, it's hard. I've had to develop some thick skin um, on being on social media and the amount of times that people have told me I've got the devil inside me or that I, I just need to pray harder. So there's just all kinds of different ways that you can approach it, but just the simplest way is that it's a, it's a medical condition, a mental health disorder, and not, not because of a lack of faith or lack of trust, but it can be used to bring us closer to God for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I'm so sorry that you've had to experience that kind of oh. feedback from people. That would be really, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's uh it's sad. Cause you know, it's, it's my fellow my fellow believers, my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ um, that are giving that back to me. So, uh, but I think that it also has uh, set the, the fire and the fuel in me to, to, to write this book and get this message out there because I think about all of the ways that the devil tries to tear me down when I get those, those comments. And then I think of the mom that, that feeds into it and, and believes it. So I want to equip her with all of the, beautiful biblical truth that's in my book, as well as just knowing that she's not alone. Um, she is not the only mother that is struggling in her anxiety. And, and I think that when we all start coming together and be more open about our stories and our struggles, then we find that we are not alone. Right. I know. Um, when God says he loves us, uh, it's not just a, a sweet sentimental idea. It's true and it can change everything. And I know when, um, when I was struggling the most, I didn't, have the space in our little house to literally cry out to God without my kids hearing me. So at night I would, I would get in my car and I would drive to this quiet corner of our neighborhood where I could be alone and I'd have my Bible in my lap in the driver's seat. And I would just be kind of hashing this out in prayer, like, Lord, um, I'm not sure if I can keep doing this, you know? And in that time, Every single page that I would turn to in that season would, it was like the words about God's love would just jump off the page. And 
the comfort I found there and the reassurance in that gave me what I needed to keep pressing into my own healing process. And um, he was right there with me. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I, I don't know how I really would have made it through without him. And um, yeah. one part of your book that, that I just love is you give somebody um, something to put their hands around. Like, what do you do when you're in that moment, when you are just being completely overwhelmed by those feelings of panic? And, and where is Jesus in that? And so you have this really neat acronym uh, that you call worry, uh, worry for yeah. how do you reach out to God in that moment of panic? And I was kind of hoping you could describe that a little bit for us. So if someone is in that moment, even today, uh, yeah, to help them reach out to Jesus. So yeah, the, the word of God is the the W in worry. So lots of of scripture that um, I'm you know through writing the book I've, I've memorized. Um, my favorite is Psalm ninety four nineteen, which is kind of like the whole biblical foundation of the book. Is uh, when anxiety was great within me, your comfort brought me joy, and it is that you know that love and that comfort that you said is just is what kind of just gets me through it. The Oh my goodness, the O in worry. I can't even remember what the oh, O is. Oh, it's okay. I sprung this on you. Yes, that idea of, of, of observing. And this was something that... Observing the thought. Yes. yes. Observing the thought. Thank you. Um, so observing the thought, like, is it a rational thought or worry that you're having right now? Or is it irrational, basically? So, you know, kind of going back to that, what's the like normal worry of motherhood? Where does that like amplified... Um, anxiety of, of motherhood. So observing the thought and, and then the R is retreat from it. So guarding your minds um, and protecting it with the word of God is one of the ways. Um, prayer, you know, rationalizing it and bringing it down. Goodness, what's the other R? <laughs> it's to request. 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 You're going to pray about it. So request is, or you know, it was just my fancy way, way of getting that acronym to say worry, <laughs> even though yes, you're going to about it. It works. Um, so prayer, you know, people will say you just need to pray more. And yes, prayer is the first defense in my anxiety as well. Um, but I also, you know, have other tools at my, my disposable, such as um, deep breathing, other techniques that my counselor um, has worked me through. And then why? What's the why? Yeah, it's <laughs> that you're not alone. And this one really touched me a lot. Um, yes. Yeah, this idea that we're not alone. And like we had said earlier in our talk, like there are plenty of other moms going through this. And what kind of what this brought to mind and kind of leading to my next question is that um, you and I have husbands who have walked this with us for a really long time. And more and more, the longer we're married, I go to Rob to pray with me. And there's mm-hmm. just something really unique about that kind of prayer with him that can kind of bring me down off the ledge some days. <laughs> and um, I I know Rob really wanted to be here. He wasn't able to be here for our talk today, but he was so anxious to hear from you um, how a husband can support his wife in her anxiety. Yes. So um, I kind of touched a little bit on like the ways not to not be in support of as far as just, you know, kind of telling your wife to just get get over it. Um, it's all in your mind. Just got to push through it. So those are the ways that are not helpful <laughs> for sure. Um, my husband, especially like if he, he knows I'm going through like a depressive 
funk, as we kind of call it, or a depressive episode, um, he'll like do like little mental check-ins with me and he'll just kind of, you know, keep checking in on me and, and like, what can I do for you? What can I do to support you and, and help you um, in terms of like anxiety? It's, it's talking through with him and rationalizing it for me. Um, now my situation's a little bit tricky because my husband also suffers from anxiety disorder. Um, so sometimes what makes him anxious won't make me anxious and I'm able to talk him and rationalize him. Um, and then the reverse for me, uh, when it's something that <laughs> makes us both anxious or triggers our anxiety at the same time, that's when it's hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but being able to, to come to him and have him rationalize it for me. And a lot of times he'll have like a new perspective or, you know, just why don't you try doing this or think of it this way? And, or he'll just, you know, kind of tell me like, no, that that's not going to happen. That's totally irrational. Get out of that. What if scenario that you're playing out in your mind or whatever, and just being able to sort of support me and, and knowing that like, Okay, like you had that intrusive thought, let's talk about it. Or, you know, that's not true. This is what the Bible says. And being able to just sort of adapt with each other too. Like, you know, I'm going through a very stressful, anxious season right now with a, a baby and launching a book. So he's, you know, checking in on me a little bit more now than, you know, in other seasons, because he knows that it's just an anxiety filled time for me. And, and same with, you know, other seasons of our lives when it's been, you know, new baby and all of the things going on of how we can just kind of support and help each other in that respect as well. Yeah. I like the way you're describing how it's mutual and, you know, I was thinking how for a lot of the guys, you know, that we're married to, they might not have been raised um, in a way where they even had a lot of language around emotions or much yeah. encouragement to even identify their own feelings. And mm -hmm. it seems like one way that God can use our struggles with anxiety is to create a culture in our family where we do have language for our feelings and we yeah. do have grace for one another's emotions. And I think for me, if I, if I don't just fixate on my own feelings, but I try to be more aware of how is Rob doing or what is his body mm -hmm. language maybe saying about how rough his day is or whatever and inviting him to express to me maybe what's going on inside then yeah, um, as I, I had to definitely educate him <laughs> on a lot of this stuff because it was um, he was not really open to, to doing medication or any of, of that. And so it's it's been I mean, we've been married seven years now, so <laughs> it's mm -hmm. been it's been a journey for both of us and, and just kind of learning, you know, how to support each other in and all of that and, and, and then educate on, you know, nope, this is totally okay. This medicine will help you. I promise it's not, you know, I think it's different for men too. I mean, I know I just said that like moms just think they need to be strong and everything, but even more so for men, they, you know, they don't talk about their feelings or their emotions at all. I feel like they don't, they don't want to make someone comfortable. So. Right. So, so it is an area where I think one blessing that's come out of it for us is just practicing compassion in a whole new way for yeah. each other. And so yeah. would I want to struggle with depression and anxiety again? No, but no. will I say that it has grown our empathy and our ability to give grace to each other? Yes. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that up. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Well, you know, I'm sure there's some moms 
listening today who, who are just so tired of the struggle and who can't wake up in the morning and look forward to their day because they're just waiting for that next panic attack to hit or they are caught up in that uh, spiral of thoughts that they just can't seem to break free of mm-hmm. uh, and who maybe don't feel like they have someone that they can really lean on or who really understands or they don't know the next steps to take to find help. And I was just hoping before we wrap up our chat today that you could pray for them, that God can meet yeah. them in that. Yeah, of course. Oh, dear Lord, we pray for the anxious mama, the mama who is worried, who is stressed. She's full of fear. She's obsessing and overthinking all the things. She's laying awake at night with worry. Lord, we pray that you will remind her that she is not alone in her anxiety, that you are right there with her. Your Holy Spirit, you intercede and pray for her on her behalf if she's going through a panic attack. You, you yourself um, experienced fear in the garden and that you, you know, and you understand what it is that she's going through and you do not fault her for it, or you, you do not believe that, you know, she, she's lacking in faith, you know, her heart, Lord, you know, her faith, you know, her journey, you know, her story. And we just pray, Lord, that you would help her give her that strength in her anxiety, you comfort her with the truth um, from your word, and that she would not feel like her anxiety makes her a bad mom. Lord, please be with this mama. If she is needing to seek help from a professional, assure her that it is okay, that these are tools that you have given others to, to help us and to heal us and to help bring us closer to joy. And Lord, I just pray that if this mama is, is wanting to, to read my book, that she's, you know, she's finding all of those truths and that comfort and that she's for sure finding it all from straight from you, from your word. And I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you. Um, Thank hey, you. Um, is there any uh, one last word that you would want to make sure that we leave with our friends today? I would just, the thing I re- repeat over and over again is that you're not alone. I, like I said, I, I've gotten a lot of, you know, harsh comments on social media when I open up about my struggles with anxiety or depression. But I would say eight out of 10 times though, when I'm opening up about it or, or posting about it, I'm also getting a me too. I'm getting a, another mom that says me too. I thought I was the only one who struggled with these thoughts or that I was the only one who worried about these things, but nope, me too. So, and whether it's in the comments or my, my direct messages, that's, that's the response I'm getting. And it just, constantly is reminding me that I'm not alone. And so I am here in turn to tell you and remind you that you are not alone either. And, and, you know, if you're opening up to a friend or your, your husband, like, just, just remember that you're not crazy and you're not alone. Thank you. I'm so glad that you took the time to share with us today. And I know that our friends are going to want to even know more about you and your book. So where is the best place for them to connect with you online? The best place to find about uh, about all of the things with the book um, would be my website, CourtneyDevich.com. Um, the book is available for pre-order everywhere. Um, there's pre-order bonuses that can be claimed up until September 4th, um, the day before the book launches. And that you can find that all on my website, CourtneyDevich.com. And then um, social media, if you're wanting to connect with me, I am on Facebook and Instagram at CourtneyDevichAuthor. Awesome. And we will make sure to put links to all those things in the show notes to make it as easy 
as we can. So thank you again for being here. I just know that your message is going to be an encouragement to so many moms who are struggling today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to to be on here. Thank you. And thank you friends for joining us on the podcast today. Rob and I would love to connect with you over on our website at growinghometogether.com. You're going to find all kinds of resources to help you pray for your kids, to get into the Bible as a couple, and to connect as a family through laughter and conversation. At Growing Home Together, we're caring for the soul of your family, and we're growing home together with you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Growing Home Together podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and found some valuable insights to help you care for the soul of your family. Remember to check out growinghometogether.com for more resources and stay tuned for our next episode coming your way soon.